I was about 14 years old. It's been a long time ago. A long, long time ago. I attended a revival in Fedville. We lived in Sampson County, in Sampson County in Clinton, North Carolina. The revival was conducted by a man that had become very, very popular. And uh, had a big tent, had two tents, had two tents. One was a large tent, it would, I think it would hold thousands of people. The other one was a smaller tent. And my mother and our family attended those night services and thoroughly enjoyed them. The smaller tent was for people to come for healing. Many ambulances came and dropped people off at that tent. The tent had, because it had been up several nights, had stacks of crutches, wheelchairs all around. It wasn't being used. They were not being used. This man was none other than Oral Roberts, a powerful, powerful man of God. Has one of the greatest universities now, or it is the Oral Roberts University. He was on television, and many people were saved, turned to God because of his ministry. Uh, I don't know whether you know this or not, but Oral Roberts put his first tent up here in Durham. Wow. On Andrew Avenue. He's gone on to meet his reward and go home. He's gone home. But many, many ministers during that time, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, there were many that preached the gospel and prayed for people. One thing that was impressive to me was the altar calls. Now, when I say altar calls, they were altar calls. I mean, the altar would fill up with people. And Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, you name them during that time. You name them. They all would preach a message and then they would give an invitation. And people came by the hundreds and by the thousands. And there were invitational songs that were sung and you seldom ever hear those songs today. I love them. Still love them. If you reach there on the back of your pew and get that hymn book in front of you, there's a hymn book there. Now, I, I haven't preached. I have not given an altar call, but would you help me sing this song? I, I just, and, and this is a song, this song, my friend, is sung all over the world. It's, it's been sung for 100 years. It's published in 253 hymnals. Page 153. Stand with me.
Let's, let's go back to the old days. Let's go back a little bit. Now, I probably won't sing all the verses. But the preacher would say, would you bow your heads, please? And people by the hundreds and thousands would bow their heads. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you raise your hand? I mean, that was the way it was done. I mean, we don't do it today because, because, because. You put the because behind it. But you could just sense the presence of the Lord. And people would, after you raise your hands, would you stand to your feet, sing the song, coming home, or Lord, I'm coming home. As we sing this song, would you step out in the aisle and would you come? And they'd come by the hundreds and thousands. When Carol and I first started pastoring and we evangelized, we preached in a lot of churches down east, Pentecostal, Free Will Baptist, Brother David, and other churches, Pentecostal Holiness, Church of God. And people would come to the Lord, but we, we'd sing this song. I've wandered far away from sin. Now I'm coming home. Think about it. The paths, the paths of sin, too long I trod. Lord, I'm coming home. Now sing that chorus good and loud. Here we go. Coming home. to Rome. Listen at it. Sing it out. Open wide. I listened to a man sing this second verse yesterday. A man that sung with the group, the Stamps Quartet. And they would back up Elvis Presley. They'd sing. They'd sing all over the country with Elvis. They were very popular. He was young. He thought he had the world by the tail. He began to drink. He got away from God and his life was miserable even though he was still singing. His dad was a pastor 
And his dad fasted. I don't know how many, two, three days a week. And he never gave up on his son. He kept praying for him. But his son kept running from the Lord. Addicted with alcohol. Addicted with all kind of ungodly living. It looked like he was going to die from all the drinking. But dad kept praying. He kept praying. And one night, he walked out. His son walked out on the top floor of a hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. And he was going to jump off that building. But something got a hold of his life and wouldn't let him jump. And there on top of the hotel building, he gave his heart to the Lord. Served him the Lord. And then he said yesterday, I've waste, wasted many. Oh, pray. Sing it out. I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming. Lift your voices. Sing it out the chorus. Here we go. Nevermore. Think about it. Open wide thine arms of love. that a pretty song thank you so much you may be seated the younger son there were two brothers the younger son said dad I'm tired of living in the house a lot of difference now with people sons and daughters living in home I want to live on my own dad was a wealthy Father, but the son said, Dad, I, I want to be on my own. I want to live life, life like I want to. I'm tired of the restrictions, the work. And so his father gave that that belonged to him, and it was a lot. Can you imagine all of his pockets filled? his bank account to high heaven and him walking away from that house down that old dusty road thinking, 
boy, am I going to live it up. I'm going to have the time of my life. Right here in my pocket and in the bank, I've got enough to live for years. He went to a far country and spent all he had on riotous living. He got so poor until he had to feed the pigs, feed the hogs. And the Bible says he was so hungry that he would have even eaten the hog's food. And then the Bible says he came to his senses and he said, you know what? My, father's have, my father has servants back home. And they have more than I've got, and I'm the son. And he changed his mind. He thought, I'm going to go home. And I could see him walking down that old dusty road singing, Coming home. Coming home. Maybe you're here today and you need to sing it. I'm coming home. I've got away from home. I've got away from the teachings of my dad and mom. I've got away from the teachings of the Bible. And I'm miserable. I'm tired. I want to go home. Let me tell you something. There are open arms waiting for you. Jesus Christ is dealing with you. He's knocking at your heart's door. And he'll say, welcome home. That dad was sitting on the porch. Often he would look down that road. And the road was often empty. Nobody. But one day that boy came. And he saw his son. And the Bible says he ran to him. Oh, let me tell you something. What a reunion. You're talking about a reunion, folks. You're talking about peace. You're talking about tranquility. You're talking about a home, a peaceful home. And his dad fell on his neck. Can you imagine the the joy in that man's heart that his son has come home. And the Bible says, if you look at the original, the original writing, he kissed him and he kissed him and he kissed him and he kissed him. Much kissing meant much loving. He loved him dearly and his son came home. I believe God's calling people home today. It's up to them to say yes or no. I've taken up a lot of time and I understand the time. I'll try to let you out at a decent time. If you do not have an outline, would you raise your hand and we'll make sure. I want everyone to have an outline. You can fold it up and put it in your Bible and use it later. It's just, it, 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 it's a message that God has certainly laid on my heart to share this morning. And I want to read, I want to read some scripture. Uh, it's found in Jeremiah, and it's also found in Hosea. Jeremiah chapter 3, chapter 4, verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and to the men of Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground. 
and do not sow among thorns. And then the prophet, the minor prophet, they call him, but I, I want to call him a major prophet. Hosea says in chapter 10 in verse 12, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time, say it, it is time, it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and reigns righteousness. God wants to rain righteousness on you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless this church. He wants to bless this city. He wants to bless this nation. But it's not going to happen until we break up the fallow ground. I want to tell you about that briefly if you don't mind. Little is accomplished and leave in the field to itself. I remember farming when I was a very young man. And we had to break up the fallow ground. And uh, do we have that on screen? Uh, I think we do. But we started breaking up our ground with a mule. Yes, I plowed a mule. And then we went from the mule to a cub. The mule was one, one plow. It didn't pull two, pulled one plow. And then I went from the mule to a cub. That was a farm all tractor. It had one plow. And you'd go round and round. It'd take a long, we had a lot of acreage. Granddaddy had hundreds and hundreds of acres. And it took a long time to plow up that field. But you see, Daddy and Granddaddy and the farmers knew you weren't going to have any crop until you took that plow and broke up that ground. And then we went from the cub tractor to the super A. Oh boy, we were cutting up, we were tilling land with three plows. Did we get that, Alec? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go back. I love the mule. Can you go back to the mule? Look at that. Break up the fallow ground. It's work, it's hard. It's not easy. You think you're going to get right with God? Oh, listen, you can come to him. He forgives you just like that. But he's saying break up the fallow ground. Go to the next picture, picture Alec. Then you got three plows. Boy, you're really cooking with those three plows. Go ahead to the next picture. That's the largest tractor in the world. Look at all the plows behind it. You're so kind, Alec. Thank you so very much. You start maybe small, but you continue to get larger and larger. No matter what you use, the mule or the Super A or the big large tractor, the ground must be broken up. You say, Pastor, what is the ground? It's your heart. Woo! It's your heart. I got to move on. I'm going to skip 
some of the introduction. Look at the fallow ground, ground that is untilled, ground that is unplowed, uncultivated, ground that is unworked. I remember that, that land. It grew nothing but citrons. That was like a watermelon, but no good. It grew nothing but briars and weeds. I don't know how your life is, but it may, it may have weeds. It may have thorns. Don't sow seed in thorns. It won't grow. you got to break up the ground. Ground that is unused and unseeded. Ground that is unprepared. Ground that is unproductive. How about your life? Is it productive? Do you work for the kingdom of God? Do you get up in the morning and say, Lord, what can I do today to win somebody to Jesus Christ? You get up in the morning, what can I do to bless the kingdom? Unproductive. Ground that is hard, crusted, hard ground. Notice what the Bible says. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, the heart is the center that directs man's spiritual life and the way he thinks about life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You see, a lot of people trying to work on the outside. They're trying to get this old guy, the, the old man. They're trying to get him right. You can't get the old man right till you get the heart right. Amen? Good place to say amen. The heart has to be changed. The cause of a hardened heart. Notice, sin has a hardened, hardening effect. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 3, verse 13, but exhort one another daily what is, while it is called today, lest any, this is a caution to us today, 2022, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So many people are deceived through the deceitfulness of sin. Resisting the truth has a hardening effect. It is important, the danger of constantly rejecting the truth. Listen, probably not many ways that you go through life, not many days that you go through life that God don't reveal truth to you. The heavens, the heavens, you may didn't hear the preacher, and that's one way certainly that God reveals the truth. You may didn't open, did not open your Bible and read in there God's truth, but something during the day spoke, listen at me, spoke to your heart. Now you may be so hard and so far from God, you may didn't feel it or hear it. And that's a sad, sad place to be. Sin has a hardening effect. Resisting the truth will harden your heart. Rejecting Jesus Christ will harden your heart. God knocks at that door in some measure, maybe through a song. Maybe you turned on the radio and heard a song and you felt convicted and God was knocking at your door. I've got a feeling that America, that our nation has become gospel hardened. 
It's a sad thing. It's a sad thing to know that our nation has moved so far from God. How has it become gospel hard? You can't, cannot take the Bible out of the schools and America not become hardened to the gospel. You can't stop preaching it from the pulpit and start compromising and your heart not become hardened. God, we need the truth. We need the truth. Whatever tends to diminish the fear of God in your life or abate the tenderness of consciousness hardens your heart. Our nation, our nation does not fear God anymore. We've put him on the shelf. We forgot all about him. We don't think about him. We get up and we go through the day. God wants to speak to your heart. God wants to soften, soften, massage that heart to where it can receive the word of God. Oh, God. Look with me, if you will, at your notes, the cure, the cure for a hardened heart. Humility. I just read Hosea 10 and 12. I sat yesterday studying this sermon. And Brother Dan, as I read these scriptures, I, I, I almost elevated myself out of my seat. I almost was resurrected. I mean, it was powerful. Now, I don't know whether these messages or these verses will speak to you or not, but listen. Listen to what we have. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. Woo! We need to read that every day. Can I read it again? Can you bear it one more time? Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name, we sung about it a while ago, is holy. Whose name is holy. God Almighty, his name is holy. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and, and a humble heart, or spirit rather, to receive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. I don't pray for God to humble me because he can. He'll make you cry uncle real easy. The Bible says, humble yourself before God. But that's, where's God dwell? He dwells in us. But he doesn't dwell in a heart with pride. He dwells in a heart that is contrite. And a heart that's humble. How long has it been since you purposefully humbled yourself before God? That's the reason we get on our knees. That's the reason we pray to God because we want to humble ourselves before him. Psalm 66, 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord, not Pastor Don, not some other preacher, but thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? 
And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand is made. And all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles. <laughs> How long has it been since you've read the word of God and trembled and thought, God, I want to walk before you in obedience. Which trembles at my word. Psalms 34 and 18, the Lord is near those who have a broken heart. Does God, you feel like God's far away from you sometimes? The heavens are brass and he doesn't hear your prayers. Understand what God's word says. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. If my people, oh, you hear it all the time, but it never gets old. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face. And a lot of people stop right there. They don't go any further. Turn from their wicked ways. Four things that God asks us to do as a church, as believers. Pray. Seek the face of God. Humble ourselves. And turn from our wicked ways. Three things he says he'll do. Then I'll hear from heaven. You want God to hear you? God, help the church to be humble. God, help us to refuse to have pride in our hearts. I'll hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will, he says, heal their land. God, our nation needs it. We're so divided. There is so much hate. Brother Larry and about 500 went over yesterday to Raleigh. Not to show themselves, but just show concern for babies that are being killed in the womb. And just a few people gathered around or came up. One drove up with their car, sat down on their horn and blowed the horn. Some of them were banging pots and pans, all the noise they could make. You know what they did? They just smiled back at them. You know what they did? They just prayed for them. Our land needs healing. God, heal our land. So we must humble ourselves. The Cure for a hard heart is Jeremiah 23 and 29. Is not my word like a fire? Somebody say amen. Says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. 
You let God's word live around us. You preach God's word. You live God's word. You speak God's word. And it's like a fire. It's like a hammer. It breaks the hard heart. And we need some hard hearts broken. Oh, Jeremiah, talk to me. Talk to me. It's, it's like a fire. It's like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Oh, God. God's word. And there's nothing. Now, this is a word you don't hear much. Don't turn me off when I say it. Repentance. Jesus came preaching repentance. John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Peter came preaching repentance. The early church was not ashamed to say to his congregation, Repent! Woo! God Almighty, the church needs to repent. People need to repent. Jeremiah 4, 3 and 4 says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. Is that what I wanted to read? I think it is. 4, 3 and 4 is what I read. And do not sow among thorns. Then verse 4, circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because the evil of your doings. God is calling man from the evil of his doings. I hope, I hope you're hearing me today. Break up the fallow ground. Humble yourselves. Pray, if you will. The result, when the heart is no longer stony and hard, I love this, but is prepared and ready to receive the seed of God's word, then God will rain down his grace and his blessings. We just read it in Hosea. Breaking up the fallow ground will precede the rains of refreshing that come from the Lord. You want, you want to receive the refreshings that come from the Lord? I'll close with this. I, I, I thought through the Bible yesterday, and I said, oh my, uh, Alec, bring up, bring up Psalms 51. I forgot to bring it. I thought through the Bible and I said, who, who is a good example of, of all this message? Who displayed this kind of spirit? Where can we find it even today? And I thought of David. Most of us know David sinned. Nathan the prophet came to him and said, You sinned, thou art the man. And David thought about that. He could have rejected, he was king, he could have had him killed. Most people. God's word and God's conviction comes and they just throw it over their shoulder. Not David. Not David. 
Have mercy upon me, O God. Help me because I don't have the words up here. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Stay with me, Alec. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. I'm not blaming nobody else. I don't put it off on, I, didn't, I don't blame mom or dad. I don't blame anybody. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. And you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you, you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, he says, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Notice this. We're going to be teaching, start teaching the world of the end this coming Wednesday night. There are four of us going to be teaching this one each week. It's a great read. The world of the end. And where he gets it from is Matthew 24 and 25. And Jesus, Jesus came out and he brought forth powerful words of prophecy. And this coming Wednesday night, I, uh, I'll be teaching the first one. And listen, listen to this. Be honest in a world of deception. All those politicians that promised everything a few weeks ago. Wow. People that don't mind lying. Little white lies. In a world of deception, men and women are being deceived. But in a world of deception, we need to speak truth. Tim LaHaye. I had, we had Tim LaHaye here years ago. when We didn't even have this building here. I don't know if you know of Tim LaHaye. Great man of God. Pastored a large church. In fact, he pastored the church David Jeremiah pastors now. He built that church, Tim LaHaye. You can go to Liberty University, and on, those, on, those, on that property, you can see buildings named after Tim LaHaye. I had Tim LaHaye to come when we first built the Fellowship Hall. I'll tell you about it. It's interesting. A little interesting. I thought I had the President of the United States coming. Brother Dan, I was so excited. We're having Tim LaHaye. So we just had the little rooms back there or the fellowship hall, if you've ever been back there. It seats about 150 people. So I prepared for Tim LaHaye. I advertised thousands of dollars worth of advertisement. I put remote television in every room. Why? Tim LaHaye's coming. I thought the traffic would be so much I'd have to have police. So I got policemen out here, one of those, out here directing traffic. 
boy was I prepared. Tim Hay. I maybe had, we maybe have 75 people. Never been so disappointed in all of my life. Great. He's dead now. What was the series of books he wrote? Left Behind? Most of, if not all of you, read, read his books. Listen to what he said. Listen, listen to this. Listen to what he said about the prophecy of Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And that's what we'll be studying this week. Listen at it. The Olivet Discourse, and that's what it was called, is the most important single passage of prophecy in all the Bible. Be here. But look at what we're saying. Behold, you desire truth, truth, truth. In the inward parts, I'll hurry up. And in the hidden parts, you will make me know wisdom. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. This is good stuff. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. I love this verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's the verse we ought to say that often. Do not cast me away from your presence. <laughs> Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I'm sorry. I used to be so tempted with anger and I disobeyed God and hurt my wife, Carol. And I'd feel like I backslid. And I'd say, God, don't take your spirit. Don't take your spirit from me. Verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. Oh, God, the God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud your glad. Oh, boy. Now you can sing. Now you can rejoice. Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Hallelujah. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. Verse 17. The sacrifices. This is the last one I'm going to read. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God. You will not despise. Bow your heads, please. Father, I thank you this morning because you've spoken to our hearts. You've challenged us. A people that has a heart that's flexible. Lord Ezekiel said, I'll, this is God speaking, I'll take the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. God, create us. Create us in a heart that is right. Take away the stony hearts. May we not 
become so hard and we fail to hear your voice and obey your commandments. We walk in faith, Lord, not doubt and unbelief. We don't even walk by sight. As you create in us the heart, dear God, we're able to exercise faith when it comes to your word, when it comes to serving you. Lord, search every heart here today. Search each person. Reveal yourself in a powerful way. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. I just want to speak it. My God, my God. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Born every strong. Sing it, folks. receive from the Lord. Receive God's blessings this morning. Come on. Come to the altar. Amen. Let's gather around the altar. Come on. We're gathering.
praying again, brother man. I just want to listen. Sing it with him. <laughs> oh, glory. Worship the Lord this morning. Every dark addiction starts to pray. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. There's freedom, folks. Father, we pray that you'd break every stronghold in this place. If there's someone here that's struggling with an addiction, we pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit may do a wonderful work in their life. We pray, God, that you would set free by your power, by your grace, by your mercy, set free each and every one. Break the chains that bind. Break the chains that bind. In Jesus' name. If you need to talk to the Lord right now, just talk to Him. If you need to ask forgiveness, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent today. If you're lost without the Lord, tell Him, Lord, I repent today. I accept you as my personal Savior to live for you. Whatever your need, if you need healing, Tell him, Lord, I need healing in my body. I need a touch of your mighty hand. God's doing it. He'll do it if you'd ask him. Sing it one more time, Brother Matt. While we sing this song, receive the touch of God in your life in Jesus' name. Enemy. 
my family. Jesus, say the name Jesus. Say it audibly, sing it audibly. I mean, you can't doubt that the presence of God's in this place. And he's not here just to be here. He's here to touch every heart and every life. When you go to the doctor, he'll ask you, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? You tell him, oh, it's my arm, it's my leg, my head. Tell Jesus where it hurts today. Lord, do you have a, you have a hard heart? Tell him. Part of that song says the family. If your family is going through turmoil today, if your mom and dad needs prayer, if your children, grandchildren, your siblings, Lord, we believe for every family here this morning. We pray for every son and daughter that's away from you. God, every person that's here today that has a prodigal that's drifted away from you, God, bring them home. Bring them home. Save them in Jesus' name. Deliver them in Jesus' name. We praise you today. We thank you today. You're here today and you have a special need. You want us to come in agreement. If there any of you, you say, Pastor, I have a special need in my life. Maybe your family. Maybe you have a loved one. But if you lift that hand, we're going to come in agreement with you right now. Come on. Anyone? Hallelujah. Let's just be reverent before the Lord right now as people's needs are being met. Anyone else? Please just lift your hand. Don't, don't hesitate. God bless you. Other hands need to be raised. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray out. Find out what they need. And pray that that need will be met in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sing it real loud. Needs are being met, folks. Pray. God's touching hearts and lives. Believe Him right now. 
exercise faith. Hallelujah. This morning, if you're here and you haven't spoken in tongues in a good while, you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's enough of the Holy Spirit here just to flood your soul. As we sing it, as we sing the song one more time, worship and allow the Lord to manifest himself in your life. Sing it, sing it again, Brother Matt. Worship the Lord. Lift your hearts. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. If I was 40 again, I'd be running around this church. I believe. I, I tell you, there's an anointing in this place. The power of God's in this place. Brother Denny, can you sense it? Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know there's a sweet, sweet spirit? There's a sweet spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes. Praise God. A little bit higher. A little bit higher. Spirit. In this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the sing it girls where's joy sing it joy sing it 
in this place. That's pretty. That's pretty. Sing it out. Sweet Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay. Filling us. And pray without a doubt. We've been revived when we shall leave this place. God bless your heart. Turn to a neighbor and shake their hand. It's so good to see you in church. We love you. Come back again.